Today on Locked On Canadians, how have the Canadians' off-season plans changed over the course of the last few games of the season? What is the future of goaltending for this team? And part of that is the player reviews for Samuel Montembeau and Caden Primo, and all that's coming up with a special guest on today's Locked On Canadians. For Locked On Canadians, your daily podcast on the Montreal Canadiens, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. And welcome to episode 612 of Lockdown Canadians. My name is Laura Sab, also known as the Active Stick. I'm one of your hosts. And ordinarily, I would be joined by Scott Matla, who is on vacation this week. So we've had a whole host of, of, of guest hosts planned. And today's special guest is somebody that actually some of the listeners wanted to, to have, wanted us to have back. And that's Dylan Waugh. You might know him as the Habstatician, also co-hosting Hockey Unfiltered, a podcast with Ken Campbell. Uh, they've had some fantastic guests on recently like Bob McKenzie was on. Uh, You should really check out Hockey Unfiltered. Hi, Dylan. Thank you so much for joining me and for filling in for Scott. Thank you so much for having me, Laura. I always love these conversations. And in fact, the last time you were on, uh, we had a couple of people say this was a really interesting episode. You should have this guest on more often. And that's exactly what we're doing. Um, and <laughs> I want to bring up what we talked about in our last um, in our last uh episode together because that at that time there was a little bit um, less certainty about Carey Price's status. It did seem that he was quite likely to come back and people in the market were floating around the idea that the Canadians might go hard in free agency and try to compete next year and we thought it would be really fun to explore that and and it was a really fun and interesting discussion full of hypotheticals of course mm-hmm. uh, but now we know that Carey Price's status is not as certain so I kind of wanted to revisit that topic uh, just not not specifically Carey Price because we'll talk about that later in the in, in the episode but sort of how has your view on what the Canadians will do in the offseason changed based on what we now know now that Carey Price has attempted a couple of games and you know his injury is still in question okay so I'm thinking anywhere between one and three Winston Churchill quotes throughout this uh this episode Churchill said <laughs> to build may have to be a slow and laborious task of years to destroy can be the thoughtless act of a single day. Free agent day. <laughs> I think what he was talking about, but I could be wrong. So um, I don't know much about Winston Churchill other than the three quotes I'm probably going to use. Um, I think here's, here's what it comes down to. I've had my knee blown out as a goaltender in a very similar situation to Carey Price. My MCL and ACL obliterated. Okay. Now, I didn't have a meniscal tear, meaning that I didn't need to have uh, surgery. It's not comfortable. I'm like, I'm telling you right now, it's not comfortable. It was uncomfortable for an exceptionally long time, and it's not going to be comfortable for a long time, and it will never be simply the way that it was. Now, in terms of your actual performance ability, you should be able to reach 100% even with the meniscus tear. And I've had that confirmed with, uh, uh, you know, people who actually know this stuff. Like, you know, I don't really know this stuff, but I've had this confirmed. <laughs> what, with you're not a doctor? Why I've... are we having you on? <laughs> uh, 
I don't know. I just play one on a podcast. Um, but I've had, but I've had that confirmed. the The difficulty is, and the way that I see it is that, is that the um, to properly rehab something like that is exceptionally difficult. It's a lot of hard work. I rehabbed for a year with almost no result. And it's still like if I would run, if I would go for a run, it felt like my calf was going to swing off of the rest of my leg. It just felt completely unsupported. And it wasn't until I changed my rehab regimen to be very intense workouts for a couple of years, well, 18 months or so, then I got on the ice again. Now, obviously, Kerry Price has access to the best, you know, doctors and medical personnel that that money can buy. But I guess my point is, is that at his age, you know, he might be turning around and saying, do I really want to commit a year to this? And even then it's a big question, a, a mark. maybe, and it's an if. And and that's that's something you have to be prepared to do. And I'm not trying to say like I'm, you know, like I did it and Price should. I was younger. And it still took like two years when all was said and done, over two years when all was said and done. So it, I don't think that necessarily the question is, is it impossible? I think that the question is at this point in Price's career, does he think that it's, that it's an actual possibility? Because at the same time as he's doing that rehab, he is also watching his good years slipping away. Right. And and it's very sad. Yeah. yeah. And and I feel like personally, again, this is not I'm not in Carrie Price's head. I haven't spoken to him. But had they won the Stanley Cup, then it would have been a no brainer. Be like, all right, I'm I'm OK with hanging up the skates. Right. But I, I do think that Carrie Price enjoys being the best at what he does. I do think he loves being one of the best goaltenders in the world. I do think that he's very serious and committed and prepares and all of that. But the fact that he wins the gold medals, the fact that he's one of the best in history, like I think that he's proud of that. And the only thing he doesn't have at this point is that Stanley Cup. So I feel like for me, if I were in his position, that would be my question, right? Like I'm going to be 30. I believe he's turning 35. He's already 34. He's turning 35. Yeah. Um, and like, I would be like, you know, I've had a decent enough career, 17 years with one of the most, you know, storied franchises. I got my Stanley Cup. I'm okay. But now he's like, I've got everything but that Stanley Cup. So like, you know, like athletes are competitors. And, and especially when you get to that elite level, the way like the way Carey Price is, the way anybody who makes the NHL is, I feel like that's the question in his mind, right? Like yeah. he wants to be able to play like he used to play. And if that's not going to happen, then what's, you know, like how long is he going to wait for this team to be ready to comp- to, to contend? Yeah. The thing about goaltending is that it's it happens so quickly that it actually, I don't want to say bypasses the optical nerve, but it um, it happens faster than than your optical nerve can process the information. So you will uh, make a save, and then the information will be fed in, and you will have memory of making that save, but you will not have actually seen that save. But then you'll be able to see it afterwards, kind of in in, in your memory. And so, as you get older, and your brain just naturally slows down. Like the, the, what constitutes as a slow reaction time for a goaltender is impossible to mask guys like Craig Anderson, like everybody's different guys like Craig Anderson, even, you know, Mike Smith is like, you know, starting to have some success again, which is who knew, but you know, (laughs) um, 
you know, everybody's different and, and it's just up to price to know, like, how am I feeling? Do I feel like I'm still processing at that level? Do I feel like everything's still happening at that level? And, and, uh, you know, on a personal note, like I don't, I, I don't love, um, you know, trying to guess whether he's done or not. But so instead of guessing whether he's done or not, I'll just say, I've, I've just loved, loved watching this guy play, loved watching this guy almost by accident reinvent the position like terminology was made up about goaltending in order to explain how price moved right neutral pelvis is one and apparently neutral pelvis comes from uh the way that carry price's stance is and the way that that interacts with the rest of his his body so the way that the pelvis is is actually in a good position that he can get good leg extensions from either side and stuff like that right which is why his 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 east to west movement is so good but that was invented because of something that he was doing almost by accident and then when <laughs> uh maria mountain who's a strength and conditioning coach for goaltending specializing in goaltending asked him about that uh he said Maybe from rodeo. Maybe that's where he got his <laughs> pelvis positioning from. So he's like, he, you know what I mean? Like we've watched the position evolve thanks to this guy, and and no, not enough good things can be said about him. I'm like getting goosebumps just listening to you talk. And now we're gonna do the opposite <laughs> of that. Instead of goosebumps, the hair on our neck is gonna go up because we're doing a Caden Primo and Samuel Montalvo review, <laughs> and that's coming up in just one moment. But first, remember that Bet Online continues to be the number one source for all your betting needs and sports info. Find all of the latest odds, news, and sports developments, including this year's basketball playoffs, Major League Baseball scores. The NHL playoffs that are going on right, right now fights everything that you could possibly need. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information from live betting to playoffs to esports and more. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends in the action. BetOnline, where the game starts. All right, so we've talked about one of the best in the league and... Somebody has a tough task of following that up. No, I, I was about, like, I know, I know it sounded like I was going <laughs> Now let's talk really about right the here. worst in the league. <laughs> not even not even a little bit. So, like, I have to say, the, though, that, like, whoever comes after Carey Price in this market, especially in a team that right now they're stockpiling picks and prospects to become good in the future, you've got, like, the biggest skates to fill, the biggest pads to fill, right? Like, Carey Price's pads yeah. are huge. I'm pretty sure they're, like, my height. Um, but, uh, you know... This year, like, basically goaltending was a nightmare, right? From losing Carey Price to, like, a season-long almost injury, yeah. uh, among other things, obviously, to Jake Allen having, like, really, really terrible injury luck all year long. It wasn't just, you know, it wasn't just one. It wasn't just a few days. He had, like, off and on really bad injury luck. And then Samuel Montembeau, who, for whatever reason, like, had to allow the worst goals before, like, as Scott put it, becoming the reincarnation of Dominic Hasek. <laughs> um, Somebody tell Dominic that he's dead then. <laughs> I was going to say, he's not dead. He's just being... <laughs> he's just sleeping. <laughs> he's just asleep. He's he's just yeah. far and away from from this from from uh, Samuel Montavo, and then and then obviously Caden Primo, who had a lot of success leading up to the NHL games that he played, pretty much, and those were very not good. Um, <laughs> and so I know I know um, among people like you are a little bit more vocal about your question marks about Caden Primo. I think for me, um, it just seems like he needs. I I don't know. Like I'm like. 
I, I feel like he needs more time, but he can be a competent goaltender. I think the problem is the fact that he won a lot prior to being drafted and even prior to making, like, like I guess, being, you know, signed is just that people just thought, like, here's a guy who's good enough to replace Carey Price. And that kind of clouds everything he does because he's just a guy right now who's not ready to be an NHL goaltender. But you, I think you have a little bit more reservation about this. So I love that you brought up the fact that he's won a lot in situations <laughs> not the NHL. I actually really love that because it ties exactly to what I was going to say. I've got this student who is not just good, he's great. He's a great goalie. But he has a few habits that he just doesn't get rid of for whatever reason. And so we had a session where I was supposed to be coaching two goalies. One of the goalies dropped out. So I strapped on the pads and I started taking reps with uh, with this other kid. Now he's 16-year-old prime of his life AAA kid. I am something less than that. <laughs> <laughs> but what happened was he, we were doing this drill and he kept on getting up on the wrong leg. Now he was in his butterfly at the right of his net and he was going to turn to the left of his net. And so your conventional wisdom dictates that as you're rotating left – your right leg should start to get you up. Right, that's you push the off most on efficient, that leg. Right, that's the most efficient movement from there to there. And so I was telling him, you're getting up on the wrong leg again. And he was like, and he's like, okay. And then he'd do it again, and I'd be like, you're getting up on the wrong leg again. It got to the point where I would just stop the drill. And every time, so he'd make his move, go down. And, I'd, and then I'd go, nope. And then he'd just go, oh, are you serious? Like he wanted to murder me because I keep on just going, <laughs> nope. And so then I get out. Now, in my day, they never taught us what leg to get up on because nobody cared. They're like, they're like, get up, get down, move over. Like, you know what I mean? They didn't care, right? And so I got up on the wrong leg and he screams, nope. <laughs> and I said, I said, well, but do you see how inefficient and stupid that looked? And he said, yes. But one thing that he told me before, before I got in the net is he said, as he was getting pissed off at me, he said, uh, well, maybe this is just the way I've always done it. And that's fine because I stopped pucks. And I said, well, maybe you stop pucks in AAA, but you've got the OHL draft coming up and maybe you're not going to stop pucks that way in the OHL. And that's what Caden Primo is. He has had so much success playing the way that he's played that I, I wonder if things can change for him, if he's if he's willing to make the change. Now, he was served a very healthy slice of humble pie this year in the NHL. He was served a very healthy slice of humble pie, and I think that that should make him realize, because I'm not going to, I don't think that the issue is that, you know, the whole goaltending department got together and said, well, this is fine. The issue is probably <laughs> that he said the same thing to them that this kid said to me. I've been stopping pucks like this my whole life. Why do I need to change it, right? And so the things that he does, he gives up space. If he's moving right to his left, he moves diagonally and backwards into the net because he's concerned about where that net is as opposed to being concerned about the puck and his, and his optimal positioning there. He gives up space. He winds up on the goal line. A lot of those huge windmill glove saves that we see him make are because he's sitting on the goal line. And if he'd moved to the proper position in the first place, it would have hit him in the chest. And then everybody would have said, oh, it's not a good save because they just shot it into his chest. Yeah, they shot it into his chest because he was there, right? Because he was in the right position. That's, exactly. that's the key part. 
Yeah. And that's something that like, you know, we, we always talk about this. We actually talked about it a couple of episodes ago. Like if, if it comes down to it, I have one shot. It's, you know, almost the end of the game. We're tied. Stanley Cup's <laughs> on the line. What do you do? I said, shoot high into the glove side because that's the book on every goalie. But I realize now as you're talking that the reason it's the book on every goalie is because that's probably the most movement they have to do in order to get into position to make the save, right? That's probably why so many goalies get beat that way when in doubt, shoot high into the glove side, right? I don't know. I might be wrong. Yeah. I've never, I can't even skate. So <laughs> that's a question for you, the goalie coach. Yeah. Well, I think that everybody has, I, I don't know that there's necessarily one book on goalies. And I, and I even think that we're, we're getting to a place now where one shooter cannot learn how to beat one goalie and rather a team needs to learn how to beat another team. And that team is inclusive of the goalie because we're in a situation now where the goalie has a symbiosis with the defense of a team where they're blocking this side of the net. I'm blocking that side of the net. I'm going to look out right on the screens and you're going to look out left and, and all the rest of it. That symbiosis now exists. And so I don't know that we're, that we're anymore in a situation where it's like, Oh, the goalie's weak this side because you know, with the amount of time and money and all, all the rest of it and vision training that they have to invest in these guys, you know, if you're weak glove side, then just go take 10,000 <laughs> shots to the glove side glove side, and what, get better at it. <laughs> right. Like what, like, you know what I mean? Like Ovechkin scores from the top of, as the co as the goalie would look at it from the top of the right circle. And he tends to shoot short side. Uh, so he shoots in the blocker side doesn't necessarily make goalies weak but the difference is is that it's the most amount of movement from the left to the blocker side if he was to shoot far side then it's the least amount of movement for a goalie to put his body there right but it's the most amount of movement to get all the way to the blocker side which is why that carry price save on Ovechkin when Ovechkin gave him the little golf clap was just <laughs> so impressive it's just so beautiful to watch but um just going back to that guy but the thing is is that Primo's 22, right? And so there comes a point where you really have to turn around and say, what do we have here? And especially goalies don't necessarily mature at the level that you would ex that other players do. And so it's why we've seen Jack Campbell all of a sudden become a good goalie in the NHL. He might not be what his numbers at the beginning of the regular season suggested, but he's not as bad as his numbers at the end of the regular season suggested. He is a good average to above average goaltender in the NHL. Right. And it's, and it took him a long time to get to that place. It takes a long time sometimes for goalies to get to that place. The, the coach that I'm partnered with that we coached together, he didn't, he was never drafted into the OHL, but it, he, he was, uh, you know, U sports um, goalie of the year and for university. He just he said he just wasn't mature enough in high school to get to the OHL, but <laughs> he'd settled down and he'd started to figure stuff out by university. And, you know, so there you go. So he's young. Primo's young. I, I'm not writing him off, but uh, but he's he's going to have to make some huge changes. And those are best made in the offseason. So right. we'll see what happens going into next year. That's interesting. And and we're going to move on to our next segment and talk about Samuel Montembeau in just one moment. So just to finish or cap off what we were talking about with Caden Primo, because obviously right now he's in Laval. He's, you know, he, he's, he won a game for the Rocket and uh, going into the next game, like there's question marks as to who's going to start. At yeah. this point, uh, we're not sure. Uh, so... 
I think that one of the things that, you know, I keep talking about is like take Caden Primo and throw him in the NHL and just make him figure it out. Now, most people are like, that's not a good idea, Laura. And Scott's idea is you should give him consistent starts in the AHL and make him figure it out there. There's a reason that he is an above average goaltender in the AHL that has not shown he's ready to make the jump, right? Like the, the question needs to get figured out there. Also, Mike O'Brien kind of agreed with that as well uh, on our episode on Friday. Like you need to let him figure it out in the in the AHL. And you're saying, right, like those changes are made in the off season. So like if they're if they have like the right consulting and goaltending expertise and the right people are in place for that, then they'll give him that homework assignment once he's done with the with the Rocket playoffs. Like they'll give him the right homework assignments. And I think that's really, really fascinating because a lot of times I think people think that, you know, a goalie's good or, or, or they're not. And like sometimes, yes, they'll have one fluke season and they're amazing. And sometimes they're just like a generally good goaltender over time, right? Some Sometimes mm-hmm. they're incredibly inconsistent. My question is, if it if it's you, what do you do next season? Do you re-sign Samuel Montembeau? Do you go out there and look for a veteran? This is all assuming that Carey Price is not returning next season. Not retiring, but just we know he's not returning next season. So, uh, first of all, I'll just say um, you've had a fantastic um, murderer's row of guests lately with Ian and Mike. It's just... (laughs) Fantastic, and, and there's and, so much more and coming. Now, eh? like, and now like, with me, it's like this is the way it all ends—not with a bang, but a whimper, <laughs> right? Like, no, I know you've got you got Andrew Berkshire coming up, which is super cool. That guy's always the best to talk to. Like, you know, uh, so first of all, primo lineup. Yeah. Oh, and and honestly, like the, the 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 preparation for the draft, like once we know the lottery positioning and everything else, oh, speaking yeah. of lottery positioning, Scott and I are going live at around seven ten, seven fifteen after the lottery results are announced. Either come and cry with us, laugh with us, gloat with us, <laughs> whatever the results may be, and then after that, we will have obviously the rest of our our, our programming will focus very heavily on how where the Canadians go uh, from from here leading up to the draft. We're gonna you know we're gonna bring on some some uh, scouts, some draft experts, and things like that. We're very excited about that. But let's go back to <laughs> let's yeah. go back to the guests we currently have. <laughs> yes. Um. And yeah. Right. So what do you do? So like, Sam Montembeau, do I sign like, up? Do you resign him? Because either way, you're you're in a rebuild. You you know, without Carey Price, you're not taken off. You're still in that rebuild, even if you so, get Shane Wright. So here's what I'll say about about Montembeau. Um somebody who I very much respect in the goaltender world, Paul Campbell. You can find him on Twitter at Way to Go Paul. Everyone knows him. You know him. You love him, right? Uh, he writes for In Goal Magazine. We had this discussion, and he and I said, if you are picking one, Montembeau or Primo, who do you pick? And he said, Primo. Because he said, you want either youth or you want talent. And Primo has youth, but not necessarily talent. And Montembeau may or may not have talent, but does not, definitely does not have youth. So that was, of course, earlier on into Montembeau's tenure with the Montreal Canadiens, and we now have more information to go off of. And... I, I would say this about uh, Montembeau. You said a few times that Allen had bad luck in terms of injury. I, I'd like to just address that and say it wasn't bad luck. Allen had so many starts that it was outrageous. 
And when he was <laughs> injured, then Montembeau had so many starts that it was outrageous. But Montembeau's younger. He's 25 or he's 26. I can't 26, quite remember. I think, yep. Yeah. But, and his body didn't break down with it as much. Now he's going for surgery on his wrist, I believe. Mm-hmm. But he, he played best when he got all of those starts. And you've got to realize that this is a guy that every team that he's been on, he's just not quite cracked into that NHL. top echelon. Right. Yeah. They've always had high draft picks and teams always cater to their draft picks more than they cater to people that they bring in free agency, waiver pickup, whatever the case is. So I think that uh, Montembeau will make an excellent backup goalie in the NHL. I would not necessarily have him as a 1B, you know, but like I don't think that he's quite at that level. Like Jake Allen to me is a perfect 1B. He's the mm-hmm. quintessential 1B. I love Jake Allen so much. Don't get me started. I'll just talk for half an hour about how much I love Jake <laughs> Allen. So. I could talk for half an hour about any goaltender, so don't, <laughs> you don't need to apologize to me. Okay, we're talking about Jakob Dobe in the Montreal Canadiens organization. <laughs> we um, should actually, like a lot of people are curious about, about him and uh, D-Show and, and all of that. So we're going to be talking prospects. Whenever you want to come and talk about goaltending prospects. Well, we'll I wrote a long here. article on Jakob Dobe. Yes, I remember. <laughs> yeah. Um, but anyways. Oh, we forgot to mention, you can find your work at Habs Eyes on the Prize, <laughs> just like Scott. All right, sorry, continue. <laughs> yeah, Scott's my boss, so we're only going to say good things about Scott now on this uh, podcast. We will um, always say good things about Scott. We would take a bullet for Scott. Not really, not the face. <laughs> but we love Scott very much. Yeah. Yeah. So, I like, if you're in a situation where you've got Jake Allen then, yeah, I mean, like, you know, you could do worse than signing Montembeau. You could do worse than signing him. He's not going to be that expensive. Um, I think that if you're in a rebuild, you'd want – you you just want a higher echelon prospect in there, obviously, than Montembeau. I think that, like, you know, a team like Tampa Bay would be the perfect team for Samuel Montembeau, where you've got a goalie that's soaking up a lot of your cap space. So you've got a bona fide workhorse starter – and then who's also currently the best in the world, <laughs> like with yeah, Carey well, Price I mean, on IR. Hurt. Right. <laughs> that doesn't hurt either. But you've got that bona fide starter on Andre Vasilevsky. And then you bring in Samuel Montembeau, who can slot into his natural position as a backup. Now, I'm not writing off the fact that he might be a starter. Um, his positioning is excellent. His poise is excellent. His skating is excellent. His uh, athleticism, I'd say, could. I, like the thing is, is that if, if Montebo came to me and said, I'll give you any amount of money, train me over the summer. I'd say, I'm not the one you're looking for. Go find a gym because that's where I really feel like his, his falling down is now. Some of that is genetics. Some of that is, I don't know. Right. So training, literally. Yeah. Training. I mean, you like you can out train a certain amount of genetics, but you know, some people are just never going to have the core as, as somebody else does. Right. Like Carrie price notoriously is not a big gym guy. Right. It's like the worst kept secret in the NHL that he hates working out and yet has one of the better core strengths of anybody in the NHL. So, you know, go figure that one. Right. So like I I would I would resign him maybe, but I'd be more curious as to see if there's, you know, like you look at uh, Detroit picked up uh, Nadelkovich last year. I'd be very, very keen on a pickup like that if you're going to keep Allen. Um, but the big thing that I'd say is that if you are going to keep Montembeau, give him starts, man. Give him starts. What's this poor guy doing? He makes like 300 saves over the course of two and a half games. And then uh, and then they're like, okay, Allen's healthy. 
we're going to not play you again. We're just going to play him for 15 games in a row. <laughs> right. In a lost season. Um, and then and then Allen's injured again. What a surprise. What a surprise that you took a guy on the wrong end of 30 and played him for like 15 <laughs> games in a row and he got injured. Oh, who could have seen this coming? It only happened three times this year. <laughs> like, holy smokes. Marty Louis, I love time. you, but yeah, and we're shocked every time. What? No. <laughs> Color me surprised. <laughs> He's out again with an injury. What a huge surprise. So if you're going to do it, if you're going to bring in Montembeau for another year, then bring him in for another year and actually play the kid. Give him every fourth start, every third start, you know, back-to-backs, of course, right? Like, play the kid and see what you've got. Maybe you flip him at the deadline to a team looking for depth and goaltending. Look at how the playoffs are going this year, right? With uh, Carolina, Pittsburgh. Pittsburgh. What happened to Casey DeSmith? I've liked that guy since he, he was in Buffalo. <laughs> yeah, he got cramps. He and like that was just the end of it. And then that was, it was the last like, thing we heard. He's gone. I don't know. Have you seen him? I, I haven't seen him. <laughs> maybe he has Louis Domingue. Maybe. You know? Yeah, maybe <laughs> like, <not> <laughs> like Casey DeSmith eats spicy pork and broccoli and then like transforms into Louis Domingue or something like that. Like, have we seen them in the same place together? Like, I don't know. But... um. Yeah, I mean, if you're going to resign him, then 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 you've got to play him, and 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 commit to growing him because he could be, he could be a good guy. Like I could see him as an Al Montoya. I could see him even as potentially a Jake Allen. I could. Jake Allen took such a huge step from last year to this year, and that doesn't get talked about very much. Jake Allen last year was very ordinary, and I really didn't like a lot of what I saw from him. But, little little okay. details in his game this year were fantastic. He he changed a lot of little details. Wasn't it though, like, even though he was just okay, it was like a huge improvement. Oh, it's a huge over... step forward. Yeah. <laughs> over the goal, the, the backups that we've seen in years past. Like, yeah, yeah, yeah. No, it's, yeah. that's like, that's like saying, you know, okay, like my, my Ford Fusion is not the nicest car in the world, but, you know, by golly, I had a horse and buggy before this. So, you know, like. <laughs> That's exactly it. But no, and the, and the, the, I think that I think that that gets lost because yeah. he didn't win as much, you know, as much as you would think given the improvements yeah. that he made. I do think that that gets lost a lot because if you look at like all the the L's, like it wasn't necessarily his fault only. The, the the team as a whole everything was abysmal, but um I'm excited for him to come back healthy and I do think that they do need a a a, a sustainable situation whether it's Carey Price, whether they sign a free agent, whether it's Moldumbo which again, like you said, he's a good backup. Like you don't want either of those two to get too many starts. Um, I think, I think either way, I'm happy that there's a Jake Allen and I was dreading that they would trade him at the trade deadline. Yeah. I'm still like in the draft. I'm kind of like holding on to stuff being like, don't trade him. Don't trade him because I'm a huge fan of this guy. Like, and, and the, I, I will say the same thing for Samuel Montalvo. Like these guys, like they come in, and they understand their role, they embrace their role, and they like they embrace the market, the media, the way that they deal with the market, the media, their role. Like their attitude was just so, so good, right? Like, I'm here to do a job. I'm here because the greatest goaltender in the world is injured, is might not be coming yeah. back. I'm here because and like and and the way that Jake Allen said, like one of the last things that he said in his end of season press conference was I know that in an ideal world, the Montreal Canadiens net belongs to Carey Price. And like just the fact that wow. like he's like I'm here 
to be this guy. I just, I cannot say enough good things about him. He really genuinely seems like a good guy. Like he embraced the market. And so like, there's things like that, which are non-hockey reasons why you like a guy. That's not a reason to re-sign him. Like if I'm Kent Hughes, that doesn't matter. But if I'm a <laughs> fan, that does matter. And I love yeah. that. So uh, like we're at time, but I did want to ask you, you had one Winston Churchill quote. Oh, and uh, I want to know what the others that you prepared for. <laughs> you prepared All right. Were. Well, here's here's for Caden Primo. Let me weigh in and say I agree with you. Stick him in the NHL. He is obviously not fixing his issues in the AHL. If you had him with a workhorse uh, starter in the NHL, that would be an ideal situation for me. But he is not fixing his issues in the AHL. He hasn't for two years in the AHL. We have not seen improvements in the AHL. And so I would stick him in the NHL, and and I agree with you. And it's it's sink or swim time. There comes a point where you just got to figure out whether you're going to cut bait with a prospect. But if I were to say something to Caden Primo, it would be success is not final, failure not fatal. It's the courage to continue that counts. <laughs> All right, I'm going to call Caden Primo now and tell him that. <laughs> and if I were to speak to Samuel Montembeau, and with you know the season where I, I frankly I just feel like he was hugely disrespected by the organization. Yes. For and the fans. How and well fans. he played. Yeah, and the fans. And and I don't know why every goalie lets in bad goals. I don't know why they were elevated so much with Samuel Montemo and it became like a a, a thing for him. But because I don't think that he let in a lot more bad goals than anyone else did. I mean, according <laughs> to uh, Natural Stat Trick. He saved 2.9 at five versus five. He saved 2.9 goals saved above expected, meaning that he was three goals above the expected goals against metric, which is very good for a team as bad as the Canadians, which are, of course, on the lowest end of expected goals. But anyways, um, dragging the whole average down, if you will. <laughs> but I would say to him, if you're going through hell, keep going. <laughs> Well, hopefully his his wrist uh, surgery goes well and he recovers well. And wherever he is next year, you know, there's a, people are like, why don't, you know, the Canadians just re-sign him and put him on waivers and see if he goes to the AHL or whatever. I personally, like, I just wish him the best, just like I, I would wish Jake Allen. Like, they've done such a good job here. And with Caden Primo, I think this episode has really kind of clarified and illuminated for me and I hope for the listeners just kind of like what the issue is because for me I was like why is it so different prior to making the you know the like the pro level and now why is it so different and why is yeah. it why is he not living up to the expectation because like even like people were making you know they were talking about like the initials are the same CP he's the next you know that's a <laughs> lot on, on on someone's shoulders and I Those believe are some advanced he said, stats right there Right. <laughs> it's like analysis, advanced analysis. Um, but he did, you know, like, and, and the thing that I love about him is is also that like Carey Price was his idol growing up. But yeah. that also like that puts so many expectations on a goaltender where I think, like you said, like technique might be the issue where he needs to change certain aspects of his game. And I like, like that opened my eyes so much. I just thought, all right, like the Canadians are putting him in this situation and he's just losing his mind and not able to remember how to play hockey. Like, right. Which is yeah. a simplistic way to look at it. But I'm really, really, really grateful for your insight. And I really do hope the listeners like this episode because I learned a lot from it. And I always learn a lot whenever you're on our show. Um, <laughs> so tell people all of the places you can find your work. I forgot one of them. <laughs> oh, I I'm sure it's all good. Um, yeah, well, check out the Hockey Unfiltered podcast. Uh, I do it with Ken Campbell. You know him. You probably don't like him. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> <laughs> uh, no, uh, we. Uh, 
it's a fun podcast. We've gotten fantastic guests. Uh, we had Don Waddell on two weeks ago, the GM for the Carolina Hurricanes. We had uh, Elliot Friedman on. Um, Jeff Merrick was on. Bill Armstrong was on. And <laughs> Ken just the GM for the Arizona Coyotes and Ken openly mocked him on the podcast. So that's worth a watch. Uh, Bob McKenzie, as you mentioned, was on. How else would we know that Bob McKenzie used to be a power forward, if not on the <laughs> Hockey Unfiltered podcast? Doesn't he have um, goalie vibes? Yeah, well, I was, he's from Sault Ste. Marie. And so I asked him if he was uh, going to get, when Toronto was going through all their goalie troubles, I said, is Dubas going to draft you as their next goalie? Because they take everybody that has anything to do with the Sioux. So, right, uh, no, he's not from Sault Ste. Marie. Sorry, he worked in Sault Ste. Marie on the right. Sioux, uh, covering the Greyhounds. Um, of course, HabsEyesOnThePrize.com. Uh, I'm planning, I've been a little bit fast and loose with my article quotas there, but I plan on on uh, coming out firing in the offseason. And, uh, oh, and we're doing some live watch alongs for Hockey Unfiltered. And so that'll be fun. Check us out on uh, YouTube. And of course, Habsetition, I'm planning on kind of getting back in the offseason. Uh, I, I, I fell a little off the horse there towards the end of the season. I, uh, I was going through hell and I didn't, did not keep going. I just kind of just sat there. <laughs> so now you have to take your own advice for Caden Primo or yes. Winston Churchill's advice for, for yeah, Caden Primo. That's like the, the Michael Scott, you know, you, you miss 100% yeah. of the shots you don't take. You know, Wayne Gretzky, Michael Scott. Like that's I'm just exactly like, I'm, I'm taking those expressions here. now. Yeah. <laughs> And I really appreciate your time and your insight. And as always, if you want to find this podcast, check out Locked On Canadians, both on YouTube or wherever you get your podcast. Don't forget our live show, which today is the day of the draft lottery. So that's tonight uh, at 7.10, I've aimed for 7.10, but given my technical <laughs> difficulties that I normally deal with at 7.15, then I'll be hosting an NHL roundtable on Locked On NHL. So check that out as well. If you want to find this podcast on Twitter, we're at LO underscore Canadians. Email us at LockedOnCanadians at gmail.com. Leave topic ideas in the YouTube comments. We always consider them unless you're being a jerk, in which case we will delete your comment and forget you exist. Uh, and once you're done with this podcast, check out Locked On NHL where they're covering everything to do with the playoffs. Thanks, everybody. See you tomorrow.